I'm super excited to be here with you. Are you guys learning? Uh, ready to learn from the Bible? Yes. How about you learn some Spanish? Okay, try it with me. I'm going to teach you a word. Tengo calor. Tengo calor. That means I'm hot. It's super hot out there, right? Today we are in the Bible, Matthew 5. Um, open your Bible there. We're not going to read it right now, but we will. The title of our teaching today is Blessed by God. It's so super important for us to not only know words, but really understand the words, right? Understand the meaning of them. Sometimes I feel like there's so many words out there, so many concepts, concepts that we don't understand them. We don't understand the potential behind those concepts. And I think that's the same with the word blessing. I think that applies to that word. And hopefully today we're going to learn what a blessing is to us and how God blessed us. This reminds me of a story of a little a kid uh, called Johnny on his first day of school. The class was supposed to do the, uh, the, the Pledge of Allegiance, right? And so the teacher said, put your right hand over your heart and start with me. And so every single kid started saying, I pledge allegiance to the flag. But suddenly she noticed little Johnny that he wasn't putting his hand over his heart, but he was going like this. And so the teacher said, Johnny, I just told you that you need to put your hand over your heart. And he goes, I am doing that. And she goes, no, that's not your heart. Yes, it is. And then they, started, they went back and forth. Finally, the teacher said, why do you think your heart is right there? Well, he said, my granny, every time she comes, she embraces me. She touches me right there. And she goes, bless your little heart right? <laughs> Sometimes we really don't understand the meaning of the other words, and that's the case of blessing. You know, there is 183 questions made to Jesus in the Gospels, 183 questions. Some of them are related to the kingdom. Some of them are just uh, trick questions to Jesus. Some of them are just debate questions, but you will never find in the Bible a person asking Jesus the following question. Are you happy, Jesus? Are you blessed? Nobody around Jesus Christ will dare to ask that because that was obvious to every single person, even his enemies. Jesus knew he was blessed by the Father, and his words, his decisions, his lifestyle reflected exactly that, that he was blessed. I believe Matthew 5, which talks about the Beatitudes, reflect Jesus' heart, his personality, his character, and in a way, he's given us the key for us to have exactly that, have his character. We are blessed, church. Do you believe that? Martin Luther said this, uh, God, our Father, has made all things depend on faith. So, what, so that whoever has faith will have everything. And whoever does not have faith will have nothing. Let me ask you this today. Are you blessed? Yes. 
As a Christian, if, if you are, you are blessed today. God has blessed you at least in two different ways. He has blessed you with a specific power and ability, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. He has blessed you with a specific power and ability. And secondly, he has blessed you with many promises. Again, God has blessed you with a specific power and ability. And secondly, he has blessed you with many promises. Both of these things are mentioned in the verses that we're going to read right now. We do not enter church. We do not enter to the state of blessing by obeying a series of laws or disciplines. We enter the state of blessing and impact this world through faith in Jesus Christ. Only through faith in Jesus Christ. So let's start and read together Matthew 5, verses 1 and 2. Seeing the crowd, Jesus, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples disciple, came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught him. Let's pray. Lord God, today we believe that you're here. And we believe that you are here to teach us your ways, your life. Like we were singing a minute ago, Lord, we don't want anything else. We don't need anything else. We just need you and your life in us and through us. Please speak to every single heart in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. There was all kinds of people following Jesus Christ. We see in the text, the multitude following Jesus. Those with physical and psychological needs, illnesses, those with economic needs. There were poor people, hungry people, homeless people, people in debt. There were those people that were oppressed by society, people caught in different vices, people marginalized in so many ways. Widows, orphans, prostitutes, tax collectors. There were people following Jesus that were oppressed by the devil, tormented by different kinds of spirits, by their own sins, by their past. So many of these people, Jesus only provided to them temporary solutions because that's the only thing they wanted. They had no interest and learning from Jesus. They had no interest. They already decided in their minds that Jesus was only good for something. And they did decide that he wasn't going to influence their lives. They just needed a favor. And by that, rejecting the Savior himself. However, a smaller group of people did benefit from Jesus Christ in his full potential. The Bible says that Jesus went up and sat down, and even though there were thousands of people following Jesus, only the disciples came to him and sat with him and learned from him. Today, I really hope that all of us here are disciples of Jesus, that we're not seeking the temporary, but actually the eternal, because the multitudes always seek the temporary, while the disciples of Jesus seek the eternal. Which one are you? Which one are you? 
I really hope you are a disciple. Those, because let me tell you something, those who sit down with Jesus to learn from him, those are the ones that will sit with Jesus to rule with him in eternity. And the kingdom I'm talking about is not a political kingdom. It's not a system that we know in this world. The kingdom of heaven happens whenever individuals like you and me live according to God's values. These values, the word of God, the kingdom of heaven, it's God's values. The kingdom of heaven, it's one person. His name is Jesus. And when you believe, praise God, yeah. And when you receive Christ, when you believe in Christ, that's just where you're saying you're receiving the kingdom of heaven. So as we read the Bible, he's, he's, Jesus is going to speak to the disciples. He's going to uh, uh, um, utter what we know as the Beatitudes, the blessings. And in these blessings, we learn two things. What pleases God and who God is. Through this Beatitudes, we learn what pleases God and who God is. Some people interpret uh, Matthew 5 as the, as the requirements that Jesus establishes for those who want to be his disciples. Some other people interpret this as rules to follow in order for you to belong to the kingdom. I see this as Jesus describing himself to us. The Beatitudes is Jesus describing himself to us. The Sermon of the Mount. It's a description of who Jesus is and who his disciples are. Again, the Sermon on the Mount, it's a description of who Jesus is and who his disciples are. Not what we want to be. We are what Jesus did. Do you understand that? I'm not here to inspire you to be something. I'm here to tell you that you are in the image of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen? So the path we need to follow is not a path of obeying rules and commandments and self-discipline. The path to be like Jesus is just to start believing in who he is and what he did in your life. The greatest need this world has is to believe in Jesus Christ. Do you agree with that? Not to obey commandments, not to obey church laws, but to know and believe in Jesus Christ. And, that's through, and through this Beatitudes, we're going to learn this. And let me tell you something else about this text. This text is not describing a different level of Christianity. It's not describing a, a true discipleship, like as a, a different level of maturity. Yes, there's different levels of maturity, but I believe that if you are a real Christian, that makes you a real disciple. You have all the responsibilities and the blessings of a disciple. We're not here to become disciples. As Christians, we are disciples. You understand what I'm trying to say? So the disciple is a true believer. It's a true Christian. It's a true follower of Jesus Christ. A disciple is truly forgiven for his sins. A disciple is a new creature in Christ. A disciple is like Jesus. And a disciple is already blessed by Jesus Christ. I really hope that's you. 
And how does Jesus bless you? Again, he blessed us with power and with promises. Look what verse 3 says. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That's the power part. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there's the kingdom of heaven. That's the promise. You are blessed with the power of poor in spirit and the promise of heaven. It is God who shows you how poor you are so he can later bless you with his kingdom. See what I'm saying? The word makarios, which is the, the Greek word for blessing, means two times happy. Are you two times happy today? Are you blessed twice, you know? This is interesting. So many, the people that are blessed like this recognizes that they have been created in the image of Christ. They have Christ-likeness, but also they are aware there are sinners. They are aware that they have a rebellious heart. Anybody here has a rebellious heart? Only one? <laughs> that proves the point. We all have rebellious hearts, but only, but only God can give you that understanding. Only God can bless you with a power to see in your heart the way God sees you. He loves you, but you're a sinner. And that makes you poor. That kind of people is the kind of people God blesses with his kingdom. The word, the Greek words, there's two Greek words for poor. There's this Greek word that means the poor working class. That's most of us, right? But there's another word that says, that refers to a truly poor people. This person that whatever he can have today is because somebody else gave it to him. And that's the kind of poorness God wants to bless you with. That you don't have anything in yourself, but you are blessed to be empty so he can fill you up. That you are blessed to have nothing so he can give you something. The real poor in spirit is the person that comes to God with empty hands, knowing that God is going to fill those hands with the riches of his mercy and love. That's the poor in spirit. It's not a prideful person, but a person that understands that the payment of his sins have been made in the cross by Jesus Christ, and that he is not righteous in himself, but he has received something from above, which is God himself. The person, the poor in spirit, is blessed because he understands that he can be a beggar at the door of God because God will bless him. You could be a beggar at the door of a rich people, a person, and he can open the door and he will just have his fists close to you. But you know that if you come in poor spirit to God Almighty, he will not only bless you, but he will do it joyfully and abundantly. And that is the blessing of the poor heart. You have that power, Christian. If you're a disciple, you have that power. You are able to be poor in spirit. And let me tell you something. That's the thing you need to choose today. 
Set aside your pridefulness and allow the Spirit to tell you, you are poor. But let me tell you something, there's riches in Christ Jesus. There's blessings in Christ riches. Blessed are you, the poor in spirit, because you're going to discover the value of the gospel and rejoice in it. Just the gospel. The good news. The gospel, it's, well, I don't have the time, we don't have the time to define the gospel, but the gospel is not only the good news. The gospel is a person, Jesus Christ. The gospel is the life of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the life that God designed for you, and you can rejoice in that if you're poor in spirit. The poor in spirit is willing to exchange all that he has for the riches of the God's grace. The poor in spirit is willing to exchange all that he has. Are you willing to say that? I don't want anything else but your grace, Lord. I'm here to ask you just for your grace. Take whatever you want to take because I will be blessed by the end of the day if you bless me with your grace. Let's read verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You are blessed with the power to mourn. Listen to this. You are blessed with the power to mourn and with the promise of comfort. It is God who allows you to mourn in your spirit so you can experience the sweetness of his comfort. Some people would say, how can I feel blessed if I'm crying? How can I feel blessed if I'm mourning? How can I be blessed if I'm hurting inside? Let me tell you, the blessing is not in the crying. The blessing is found in the fact that there is consolation after you cry in Jesus Christ. There's people today, right now, this instant, they're crying without hope. You can cry, but you have hope in Jesus Christ. You might be here right now suffering. You might be here right now crying as we were singing, but you cry knowing that there is comfort in the Spirit. You cry knowing that you can pray to the Lord, and even when you don't have the words, the Spirit will have the words that you don't have, so He can intercede for you, and there is comfort in that. There is comfort in that. Happy are those that realize that it's better to be sad for your own sins that happy in your filth. It's better to be sad in your, for your own sins than happy in your filth. Because when you're sad in your sins, you call upon the Lord and He will comfort you. And He will tell you, I forgive you. I will cleanse you. I will make you new. Because you're sad. Because you feel in your heart there's something wrong. Happy are those that are willing to cry with those that cry and not willing to laugh when other people are suffering. And so many of you right now are crying in your heart because you have a wayward son, because you see a family member suffering. And let me tell you today, God blesses you with the power of mourning. 
God blesses you with the power. Those tears that you cry for the love of others are power in Christ because whenever you cry, you call upon God who can solve anything, every single problem. You can call upon God who is almighty. You call upon God who is all merciful and he listens and he will comfort not only you, but many times he comforts others through your mourning. Blessed are you, because when you mourn, God comes to you. He comforts you, and with the same comfort that He gives you, you are able to comfort others. God gives you that power. Don't, don't, don't run from pain. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it in the name of Jesus Christ, because it is, it is a blessing through that pain, through that uh, suffering, through that loss. You know that there is something greater, bigger, and that's Jesus in your life. Embrace it. Embrace it. Blessed are you that have lost somebody, a loved one, but you know that person believe in Jesus Christ. You know where he is. You know where she is. Even though you cry, there's hope in your heart. Blessed are you that sometimes are betrayed by a, by a friend. And even in that betrayal, you're able to say, God, eliminate. I'm sorry, illuminate this person. <laughs> right? That's not, that's not the one who cries. That's another kind of person. I'm happy nobody said amen. But it is true. Suffering, it's a blessing. When you suffer in Christ. When you suffer towards Christ. I want uh, to call up Natalie. Natalie is going to uh, read to you a letter that was written in uh, 1573 by an imprisoned Christian. She was a young woman in the Netherlands, and she writes a letter to her one-month daughter. And uh, just listen to her heart, listen to her suffering, but also try to listen to her hope and the comfort that God brings to her life. My dear child, I commend you to Almighty God that he keep you since you are still so young and whom I must leave here in this wicked, wicked, wicked world. God will be a father to you so that you will not lack nothing here if you only fear God, for he will be the father of orphans and the protector of widows. Therefore, my dear little lamb, I who am imprisoned and chained here for the love of the Lord cannot help you in any other way. After we were married, your father and I were only able to live together for half a year after which we were in prison because we seek the salvation of our souls. They took him from me without knowing my condition because I was already pregnant and I had to stay in jail and see him die before me. And now that the time has come and I carried you under my heart for nine months and I gave birth to you here in jail with great pain, they have taken you from me too. Here I lie waiting for death every morning and soon I will follow your dear father. And I, your dear mother, am writing to you, my dearest girl, something so you can remember your father and mother. My dear Janikin, I leave you here. Oh, if it had pleased the Lord that I could have brought you up, I would gladly have done my best about it, but it seems that it is not the Lord's will. Do not be ashamed of us, for we have followed the path that the prophets and the apostles followed. Christ himself did not forgive himself for us, but he gave himself up to death for us. How then would he not give us all things? Be your glory that we have not died for any evil, and you, my dear, strive to do the same. 
although they will try to kill you too. If you follow what is good and seek peace and follow it, you will receive the crown of eternal life, this crown I wish you. I'm leaving you here among my family and friends. I hope my father and stepmother and my brothers and sisters will do their best with you as long as they live. Remain subject and obedient to them in everything, insofar as it is not contrary to God. I wrote this when you were only a month old. Thank you. That's an example of a person that understands the comfort that comes from and through suffering. And so many of you can relate to that. And I just want to encourage you today, embrace that. Because through that, God will comfort you. God is going to work in your life. He is faithful. Amen? Verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You have been blessed with the power of meekness. And you have received the promise of the earth as your inheritance. You have been blessed with the power of meekness. It is God who gave you the character of Jesus who is meek. So you can inherit the earth with his son, Jesus Christ. Meekness is power under control. It is the character of Jesus Christ himself. You are blessed because when everyone chooses to complain and riot and defend their own opinions, you choose a better way, the way of Moses, who was the meekest person on the earth. You are blessed because out of all the Christian values and virtues, meekness is the one that makes you look more like Jesus Christ. Meekness, it's a blessing, it's not a curse. Happy are you when people confuses you with a weak person or a coward. But God sees your heart. And God gives you the power not to overcome the opinions of people. Because you have a greater battle. You overcome sin. The meek overcome sin. The meek overcome the world. The meek have a greater fight against the devil in you through the power of God. And because you are meek, you are able to conquer Satan. Church, meekness is, is not weakness. Meekness is the power of Jesus Christ for victory. Blessed are you who desire to be meek. A new word, strange word, but you know that you're, you're drawn to it. You're drawn to that because you know that's who Jesus is. And so you don't learn meekness in school. You don't learn meekness in your job. And there's no um, laboratory where you can get that. There's no, there's no pill. But you can come to the school of Jesus Christ. You can sit at his feet. And you can hear his words that he said, learn from me that I am meek and humble of heart. Because the meek spend more time at Jesus' feet than meditating in their own problems. That's why you're blessed. Because you long for more time at Jesus' feet than meditating in your own problems. I don't get anything from meditating in my own problems. 
What a blessing is to choose to be meek. What a blessing is to be married to a meek person. Right? What a blessing is to be that person to your spouse. Because when you're that person, you know that you're a sinner. And before you judge and condemn your spouse, you recognize your own ignorance, your own weakness, and your own mistakes, even before you're harsh with your spouse or your children or your neighbor or your brother in Christ, because you are meek. What a blessing is to have that power in our lives, because now we learn how to wait on the Lord. I'm going to read to you something that... Uh, a person much smarter than I wrote. The blessedness of the man who is always angry at the right time and never angry at the wrong time, who has all instincts, impulses, and passions under control because he himself is controlled by God, who has the humility to admit his ignorance and his own weaknesses for such a man is a king among men. That is Jesus Christ. And that is the power that each one of you, disciples, followers of Jesus, have. That's the power you have because you have the Spirit of God in you. It is a blessing. It is a power. And remember, you inherit the earth where you follow that. Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be, what? Satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. You are blessed with the power of spiritual hunger. God gave you that. It is God who gave you that void in your heart. It is God that gave you that hunger so you can come to him and say, Lord, I need something. And probably that's you. And says the Lord, yes, it's me and I will satisfy that need. But you have that because of the Lord. Remember back in the old days that you didn't have that passion for the Lord? You were hungry for fame, for money, for influence, for attention, for love, or whatever you had. <laughs> but then something changed. God came to your life. And all of a sudden you had a different need. You started needing the word. You needed the presence of God. You wanted to be at church. You wanted to talk to people about God. It was, there was a hunger for justice. You wanted to, to be different. You would ask people, how can, I, can, how can I do this? How can, is it okay the way I'm dressing? You never care about that. Now you're asking people. Is it okay the way the music I hear? Is it okay? Is this okay? Is this not okay? Remember that? Remember? Remember? <laughs> what was that? Hunger for righteousness. Before you knew it, God was there with you. 
satisfying you. You were like David, praying and asking as the deer begs for water, so my soul begs for you, Lord. When was the last time you were saying that? Praise God. Ambition and passion for God and His will. That's from God. Ambition and passion for God's will. And when you have ambition and passion for God's will, God will satisfy that ambition. God will satisfy that passion. Are you satisfied today? Either you are or you're not. If you're satisfied, it's because you're looking to the Lord. If you're not, it's because you're following something else. And if you're following something else, let me tell you the sad thing about it. Not only you're losing yourself, but you're losing the opportunity to be a blessing to others. Because when you are so focused on satisfying your own needs, you forsake the needs of others. When you're so focused on your own needs, you forget the needs of your spouse, your kids, your brother in Christ, your friends at work. You forget everything else because you're seeking your own satisfaction. And that's never going to come because the only one that can satisfy a soul is the one who created it, and it's God himself. Blessed are you who know that the justice you're seeking was completed on the cross. That the justice that you need has already been done in the cross. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. Blessed are you that, are, that have hunger for God because you're not going to spend your money and resources for things on things that don't satisfy you're going to start canceling so many accounts and save so much money because now you're satisfied in Jesus Christ. Oh, we have so many accounts. So important are we, huh? That have so many things, different options to be satisfied. But there's only one account, not bought by you, but by, by Jesus Christ with his blood. And that's the only account that can satisfy a person. And God is calling you to understand that. Who is that person that hungers for justice? Is the person that wants to live like Jesus Christ? Is the person that focuses on his own sanctification because he wants to glorify God? And it is the person that wants justice to be spread in the world through the gospel. Let me repeat that. Justice spread in the world through the gospel. Because that's the only justice in this world, the gospel. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. You are blessed with the power and the promise of mercy. 
It is God who gave you mercy in the first place so you can give mercy to others and then get mercy back again. That's how it works. God gives you mercy, you give mercy, and then you get mercy back. Who needs mercy in this place? We all need it. We all need it. The people that have mercy upon others are aware that God gave it mercy on the cross. There's other people that have their priorities well said because they know this. God wants you to have mercy. Micah 6, 8 says, practice justice, show mercy, and humble yourself before God. And you are blessed with the power to have that mercy and to thirst for mercy and to receive mercy. Those who have mercy, those who have received mercy and have mercy over others, know that their hearts are not a storehouse for bitterness. Their hearts are not a storehouse for resentment or revenge, but they rejoice in the peace that God gave them. They decide not to be angry against people. Many of you today need to be reminded that God gave you mercy on the cross. That because of the mercy of God, we are alive today. And that His mercies are new every single day. And if you believe that you, you that haven't talked to that person in so many years, you should have mercy. You that haven't forgiven that person that offended you, you should have mercy. We all need to show mercy, and we need mercy, even in the simple things of life, don't we? Even the simple, the most simple things in life, we need, need mercy. In my bedroom, we, in our own bathroom, my, my uh, wife and I have a double sink, huge mirror. And I have my own side. She has her side. And, uh, but every time we get ready to church, I need to have mercy. Because she's always on my side. <laughs> she's always on my side. She's always, I mean, I take the, the smallest part of, of, the, of the sink, and I'm there. I just have my toothbrush. That's the only thing I have. <laughs> and she has... An arsenal of things. <laughs> and not only and not satisfied with that, she takes my side. So I tell you know, I have mercy because I'm a Christian. I'm a disciple. And so I ask the Lord, I say, honey, do you want to switch sides? <laughs> Merciful. And she goes, no, honey, this is your side. <laughs> and I'll, well, then move. And she moves, she scoots away, but it's been, that's been for a while now, and I understand now uh, two things. I'm called to suffer. <laughs> the second thing is that as my wife is so beautiful, she needs the whole space, <laughs> right? We need mercy to show it and to receive it. And right now you're laughing. But let me tell you something. Sometimes I don't laugh about that. <laughs> I'm truly upset. I'm being honest right now. Please pray for me. <laughs> let me tell you, and I know there are some guys that understand me. Last service, a guy just went up, up to me and said, Brother, I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. 
And so I know, and there's, you know, sometimes we're happy, and we're happy to endure that and forgive that, but sometimes we're not in that place. Sometimes, you know, that roughs us. You know, there's, there's that itch that you just want to get back. You want, you want vengeance, right? It, it's reality. And even in the simple things, we need to be reminded that we need mercy. So many people have decided not to come to church because they don't have mercy. Because there's a person in church that robs them the wrong way. And they don't want to see that person. Imagine Jesus doing that to us. Imagine Jesus doing that to us. Well, we can't imagine that because there's no way God can do that. He's merciful. And that's the power you have. The blessing to be merciful and the power, the power to receive it too. The merciful people are merciful with the weak. They have patience for the flaws of other people. They always shoot for restoration. They always think about others first. The merciful people show mercy and respect to others, even when others don't respect them, because that is mercy. Merciful people know God, and God knows them. Verse 8, blessed are those pure in heart, for they shall see God. Does that make you excited? You will see God? That is a beautiful promise. Blessed are the pure in heart. God gave you a pure heart so you are able to see the Lord. Have you ever prayed this prayer? Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Have you ever prayed that? Maybe simple words, Lord, help me. Lord, there, I... I I have saturated my mind with things that I don't need in my mind. I've saturated my heart with things that don't belong there, and I don't know how to take them off. Lord, clean my heart. Have you ever prayed that? I prayed it so many times, and let me tell you something that happens every single time God meets my need. God comes to my heart, comes to my mind, and He cleans my mind, cleans my heart, cleans my lips, because He loves to bless you with a pure heart. He loves, and so many of you right now were struggling to come to church because you know maybe you don't have a pure heart. Today I can tell you, blessed are you if you pray to the Lord. Lord, clean my heart. He will do it. He will do it today because he rejoices in that. And not only because he wants a clean heart in you, because, but he wants to meet you. He wants you to see Him. He wants you to perceive God in all aspects of your life. Oh, you are blessed when you call upon the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. David said this, Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2, Blessed is the one who choose, uh, whose transgression so, sorry, is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. 
and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Blessed are you. Remember when God forgave you of your sins? Oh, he gave you that pure heart. And you were able to see the Lord in every single aspect of your life. You would see people at church like angels, right? Remember that? Now they're like kind of angels, some of them, you know. But back then you were happy, excited. Everything was different. It, it, is, it was God in you. Because those that have been cleansed, they don't have any malice in their hearts anymore. Because those that have been cleansed in their minds and their hearts, they're not blind with sin, but they're able to see the Lord in everything that He does. They're able to see the Lord in every single page of the Bible. They're able to see the Lord even in the church, even in the midst of problems. Even in the midst of necessity, they see the Lord present with them. And they're able to see, Lord, to say, Lord, even if my mother and father would abandon me, I know you would not reject me. You're able to see the Lord in a different way. Praise God for those that have been cleansed in their heart because they don't need to fake it. Because they... They don't have to pretend to be Christians anymore. They don't have to play that game every single Sunday because God has, play, has cleansed their hearts. They don't have to pretend to be holy because now they are. They don't need to pretend to be joyful because now they know true joy. They don't need to pretend nothing. They really enjoy God because God has cleansed their hearts and minds. And there's people here today that need that right now and let me tell you jesus can give you that jesus can cleanse your heart it doesn't matter if you're a professing christian or not it doesn't matter if you've been at church for so many years you we all need a clean heart and if you feel that there's some pretending in your life the reason is because you don't have a clean heart but God can give it to you today. Blessed are those pure in heart because they shall see God. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall, call, shall be called sorry, sons and daughters of God. This God who brought you to peace with them so you can enjoy a relationship with Jesus Christ. The peacemakers... Know who the Prince of Peace is. The peacemakers rejoice knowing that they belong to God. The peacemakers understand that in the midst of partisanship, their family is the family of God. That there's no way they cannot belong to that. The peacemakers understand that they are here for a purpose to show the world that peace is possible through the gospel, through Jesus and the power of his spirit. We, the peacemakers, we, the peacemakers, are blessed not because 
we get the, absent, the absence of conflict, but because in the midst of conflict, we know peace. In the midst of conflict, we know peace. His name is Jesus Christ. God is the God of peace, and you have him in his heart. So I do want to ask you today, again, are you blessed? If you are, please, please raise your hands to the Lord today during our last worship song. Please raise your hands and say the one word he wants you to, to say, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for, for your blessings. You have blessed me, Lord, more than I can think of. Thank you, God, because I'm blessed. Is there anybody here that needs to be blessed by Jesus Christ? I tell you today, come to him. Believe in Jesus Christ. Give your heart to him. Tell him that you need him with all your heart, and he will meet your need, and he will give you a name. He will give you a purpose. He will give you heaven. He will give you the power to be meek, the power to be a peacemaker, the power to long for righteousness. And maybe you're a Christian that needs to experience the full potential of God's blessings today. Maybe you haven't been there like that. Maybe you haven't been there because you have forsaken God and Jesus himself. Because this is the key, Jesus. And you've forsaken Jesus. Today I ask you, I tell you, you need to repent and say, Lord, I ask for forgiveness. I come back to you. Please fill me with your spirit because I want the power and the blessing that you have for your disciples. Mm -hmm.